Howdy everyone, I'm Joshua Schultz, Tyler Waldrop, Stealth Art. We're here at Treadwell Coffee, and make sure you tune in to Good Morning Aurora. Rise and shine, pour yourself a cup of coffee, and tune in to Good Morning Aurora. News, weather, and really cool interviews. Monday through Friday from 8 to 9 a.m. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. The time is 6.55 a.m. I'm a little bit late doing this. You're listening to Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city first daily news podcast. Got a great interview and episode coming up for you today. And as a matter of fact, with that being said, I have to get this news out of here quick because I got to go to Treadwell, pick up my coffee. And not only that, I also have to make sure that you guys get the news before we go live. All right. So let's get into it. <clears throat> First things first, don't forget Thursday, June 3rd, 5 to 8 p.m., there's the resource fair hosted by Chapel Street Church. Uh, 1 South 455 Mill Creek Drive in Geneva, free dinner, free haircuts, and free cleaning supplies. Northwestern Medicine is going to be there, Two Rivers Head Start, Fox Valley Food for Health, Mutual Ground, and the Northern Illinois Food Bank are just some of the organizations taking part. Job search assistance, health screening, and much, much more. Shouts out to Chapel Street Church. Remember, June 3rd, it's a Thursday, 5 to 8 p.m. <clears throat> also, don't forget tomorrow. <clears throat> oh, my God, my neck, my throat. Tomorrow, the 19th, 5 p.m., Amita Health. They are hosting the informational session in Spanish, the virtual diabetes prevention program. Risk factors for type 2 diabetes include um, impaired Glucose or impaired glucose tolerance, a family history of diabetes, smoking tobacco regularly, and more things. Zoom link will be provided at the time of registration. For more information, order to register, call 630-897-4000. That number again is 630-897-4000. Last but not least, there is the planting party. Uh, 1 to 3 p.m., join the Aurora Downtown Streetscape Committee for planting in Lot A across River Street behind Hollywood Casino. Then head over to Gillerson's Grubbery for happy hour on Penny Street. Bring a towel, mask, gloves, and a water bottle. Shouts out to the Aurora Downtown Group. And don't forget, <clears throat> United We Stride. That's taking place May 29th. Jesse the Law Boxing Club's Memorial Day 5K. Go virtual and run it your own way or join the team at Wabonzi Park at 8 a.m. Registration $25 is an early bird special of $20 and includes a race day medal. Register online at jessethelawboxingclub.com. All right, that's it for the news. I'm going to get ready. Enjoy this awesome interview. And that is the news. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. You are the first person I've interviewed in the afternoon in a, in a while. It's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> Typically been in the morning times. Um, so, so for our listeners, let us know who you are and where you're from. I am Lucy Geralamo. I am an ESL teacher and an author. I live in Sugar Grove, but I was born in Cuba. I migrated here with my family. When I was eight years old, okay. we lived, uh, I grew up in Northlake, um, a uh, western suburb. Right. Um, and um, lived out there for many years, went to school. And my husband and I moved out to Sugar Grove to raise our family. Okay. What's Northlake like? Um, it's a small little town. Right, well, it's, it's kind of like a lot. Um, not as in uh, not as many businesses, uh, but it's a cute little town. We lived in the uh, unincorporated part, so it was nice. Oh, okay. You know, go for walks with my little puppy. And <laughs> I've heard nice things about North Lake, but I have not yet been there. What's around it? What are the cities around it? It's right next to Elmhurst. Okay. Rose Park. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah, it's a cute little town. So um, you came from Cuba at age eight. Um, what is your earliest memory of, I guess, America? America. Um, I remember uh, going into um, New York and being in um, 
like the immigration office. <laughs> okay. Um, I just remember standing there with my, my parents and my sisters. And then um, we actually spent a year in Miami, Florida. Okay. That's where my sisters and I received our bilingual education. So I remember Florida very well. Uh, all right. Um, so came as a Spanish speaker. Yes. And then learning. What was it like to learn English? It was difficult. It's uh, English is not an easy language. It's beautiful, but it's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like life again, right? <laughs> yes. Um, it, it, yeah, reading and writing was a struggle, and I struggled with um, with it for many years. It wasn't until I got into, um, and I told my students this all the time, when I got into college is when I finally, you know, figured out writing. Ah, interesting. Yes, yes. But, um, yeah, it was, it was difficult, but um, here I am. And um, one thing that I've, somewhat I, I'm somewhat familiar with and I'd like your perspective on it there is a difference between Cuban Spanish or dialect and other yes. Latin that is that true yes okay. there are different dialects um, uh, Puerto Rican Mexican um, South America <laughs> right there are uh, uh, the Cuban Spanish is very similar to the Spanish from Spain the, okay. that dialect um, but it's still different, you know. I, I love the way the Spaniards um, speak. When we when we left Cuba, we had to go through um, another country to get our immigration papers to come in here legally. Mm -hmm. So we went through Spain because we have family in Spain. Okay. So we went to Spain. I, I believe it was three three or four months. I always ask my mom. And I always forget. But um, I I love listening to them speak. Their their Spanish is just so beautiful. Portuguese. So it's a, uh, no, it's not. That is. Uh, uh, Portugal, up in, yeah, uh, but it's it's different. Portuguese okay. is different. Is okay. A, a, yeah. a different language. Right. Um, I can I've I've heard Portuguese and I can make out a few words, but it is different. This is a different. This is one of the interesting things about doing this mm -hmm. and interviewing people because the things that I have been mildly familiar with, I do like to get that clarification when I can. <laughs> so that's pretty interesting to know that. Um, growing up, mm -hmm. what impact? did your dad have on your life? <laughs> um, <clears throat> my dad was my hero. Um, he is my hero. He, um, he fought, he struggled, he suffered a lot in Cuba with everything that happened. Um, but his, his strength to stand up and speak up, you know, that, that type of advocacy, so to speak, right? Um, that, that was something that, you know, was instilled in me. And right. um, advocacy is a big deal for me. It's, it's, it's huge. Okay. I, I have advocated for my children on many occasions for many things. I advocate for my family for many, for many things. And now, you know, on a daily basis, I do it for my students. So, um, you know, it was a, a big part of who I am. Right. Yeah. Um, now, your, did you come with your entire family, or yes. was your dad here? Okay. No, no. Uh, yes, it was um, my mom, and dad, and my two sisters. Okay. I'm the oldest. Yes. Um, what year was this? Seventy nine. Nineteen seventy nine. Um, what was for those who don't know? Mm -hmm. What was the situation in Cuba like in nineteen seventy nine? Some will be familiar with what America was like in nineteen seventy nine, but what was the situation for those who don't know in Cuba? Um, it was very difficult. Um. Uh, everything was, ra it's, it's, it's still like that actually, um, rations, everything is in rations. Um, it, it was hard to find food, um, you would have to go to, um, when it was, you know, when, when you run out of something, you have to go and stand in these extremely long lines, you have to get there early, hoping you get to the front of the line, right, but there's others that think the same way, so right. you wait in these ridiculously long lines to get into the store and, and hope you get what you need, and if they don't have it, you have to come back another day, wait in that long line. Um, you know, I tell my students, you just, you, you don't have the luxuries and the things that you have here. You, sure. can, you can just go to, you know, Jewel, <laughs> Woodman's, whatever, and right, get whatever yeah. you want. You yeah. can't do that in Cuba. Myers open 24 yes. hours. So. <laughs> you can't do that. You can't right. do that. Um, clothing. I mean, you were only allowed so many garments a year. I think three garments a year. Um, shoes, one pair of shoes a year. Um, work was, you know, it was hard to, my, my parents are both very well educated, they have degrees, but um, because of what happened to my father, his eyesight was damaged, and um, 
to, he had an engineering degree, he was not able to, to do that because his eyesight was bad. My mom had an accounting degree and she couldn't find work in accounting. So you, you can't have the career you want. Um, at school, um, every every school, every child in school has to wear a uniform. You know, it's um, the government, government schooling. Um, when you're in middle school, it's it, when you, by the time kids get to middle school, they have to then go to camps to work. They're shipped off to camps to work. And uh, um, if you want to, you know, go to the university and have a earn a degree in whatever you want, you have to be indoctrinated into the communist agenda in order to be part of a group. And then you're allowed to, you know, learn whatever you want. Sure. And uh, you know, we don't have that here. Right. Oh, we, that's not a problem here, right? You can, we can go to college and study whatever you want. Right. You can go to public school and not have to wear a uniform. Um, oh, so many other things. But um, those were the things that I, I remember. I remember having to wear a uniform every day, um, not always having food, um, toilet paper. Right. I tell this to my students, they crack up every time. I, well, they don't crack up, but they, you know, they, they get it when I give them um, this example. But, you know, you, you don't have enough toilet paper. You are not. You have was going to be for us, they didn't want to screw it up in that. You know, they wanted their daughters to have um, a, a future, right. you know, have a career, have a better life, and that's where I began. Um, now, what part of Cuba are you from? I, uh, the eight years that I was there, I lived in Santiago de Cuba, which is the um, southern coast. Okay. Yeah, okay. And uh, I think, if I remember, I think my mom said it's about uh, an hour from the beach. From the coast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you are here now in America. Yes. You get here, you're eight years old. Yes. Um, tell us about school. Going to school, English was hard, you mentioned. Mm -hmm. uh, but what was school like? What school did you go to? Um, I went to Proviso West High School. Oh, <laughs> uh, Burbank? Hillside. Hillside, yeah, yeah, yeah. Proviso Yeah. I think uh, Proviso East is in Burbank. Uh, yes, yeah. correct, correct, yes, yes, yes. So yes, I went to Provide the West, um, made great friends there. Uh, you know, it, it was a struggle, like I said, because of the language. The language is a big um, impact on that. But, you know, I, I got through, right. I, I got decent grades. Um, you know, um, I joined a Spanish club because, you know, that would be a way to you know, <laughs> keep up with my culture and, right. yeah, exactly. And uh, then I um, graduated high school, and I went. I got my bachelor's at um, DeVry Computer Science. Okay, congratulations. Thank you. And then um, I had my children, and um, a good friend of mine, uh, Lisa Malator, um, convinced me to go back to school <laughs> with her and receive my master's in teaching. And that's you know how I became a teacher. And uh, what year was that? That is the question and answer I should know and I can't remember. <laughs> uh, no, I'm sorry. So I started working as a teacher in 2008, but I had not graduated yet. Um, at the time, the uh, the counselor at my, at my it actually was a Royal University where I went. AU. Yes. Oh, how about so, that? Yes. And uh, the counselor suggested that I start working at the time. They And it's still, it's still a struggle. It's still an issue, actually. They needed bilingual teachers. Right. And I, I was not aware of that. I was completely ignorant to the fact that that could be an issue. I mean, I grew up, I received bilingual education as a child, but I never realized there was still, there was still such a need for that, you right. know, and still a big deal. So, you know, she said, um, I, I could take, I could get a certificate, which would allow me to start working, and I would be my own student teacher. And, cool. she, and you know, it, it was cool, but you know, the way, you know, she, she did say to me, she said it would be sink or swim, which kind of scared me. Um, but um, I said, okay, let's give it a shot. So I did, and um, I started teaching before I got my degree. So I believe I got my degree in 2009. And um, I survived it. Good. Here I am, yeah. Um, what do you like most about being a teacher? 
Oh my gosh, the kids. They, they're, they're, they're so sweet, so innocent. Um, and it, it's, it's, it's so rewarding, honestly. And it, it might sound like a cliche, but it, it really is. When, when I'm teaching them something and you see that light bulb, you see that little smile on their face, I'm gonna start crying. Um, it's just so fulfilling, you know, that, that they get it, you reach them, you help them, you know, it's, yeah, that's what it's like. When you are teaching, have you encountered students who have struggled more than others? Oh, um, yeah, all, all the time. Um, there are, you know, um, kiddos that do much better. Um, some, some have, you know, learning disabilities on top of their, you know, language barrier. Um, others, you know, they just don't have, um, they don't, they don't hear that fluent English at home, which also, you know, can cause, you know, a difficulty in, in you know, right. being proficient in the language and, you know, succeeding. Right. So, yeah. And I ask, yeah, for them. yeah, well, and I ask that specifically because I, you know, I've interviewed maybe two other teachers in the entire year I've been interviewing people. Um, your story is different than theirs, oh. so I'm interested in how you are able to identify that, and I'm certain you are. That's why I was asking that. Yeah. Because um, I would think that you would have a really good ability well, to kind of pick You need up. to collect data, um, you know, um, samples, writing samples, reading samples, um, and then you, you need to know the student. You need to know their background, you know, what kind of education they receive. That they come here, you know, from another from another country because if they didn't get a complete education from the previous country then that could be a problem right you know there there's going to be gaps there um you know what was their did they receive bilingual services because that's also a big impact if they receive bilingual services since they were younger they are going to be much more successful um, and i know that people don't the old way of thinking was you know immerse them in english Right, that they'll, was they'll the pick goal. it up. Right, push right. it in the pool. And they'll start swimming. Yeah, and it's not. It's it's those that are proficient in their native language mm -hmm. uh, will be much more successful. On a whole, in your personal opinion, as an educator, how is the state of ESL in America currently? Uh, it, it needs work. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's. It's come a long way, you know. It you know it has improved, but it still needs work. Um, we need to find better ways to evaluate the kiddos, assess them. Um, we need, <laughs> even though I say a better way to assess them, we still need to do less assessing because we, we we test these kids way too much, and I don't have enough time to to teach them because I, I feel like I'm constantly testing them for something. If it's not a state one, it's a school mandated one. It's it's something, you know, and I don't have. There's just not enough time to teach them what I need to teach them, so they'll be successful in those tests, you know. Right. Um, so it it it's, it still needs it needs work, and uh, yeah. When did you pick up writing? Were you always a writer? <laughs> no. Um, like I said earlier, in in co when I finally when I got to college, I took a course at COD, a writing course, and. Um, he was, I wish, I, I, I should know his name, but I can't remember it, but he was a really good professor. And um, we had to write a, a paper, I don't remember what the topic was, but I, pick, I, I picked my dad, and right. the story about my dad. You know, it's just, you know, a few pages, it wasn't a very long story, but he read it, and, uh, you know, he said, that, that, that was a really good paper, that was a really good story, you should write a book about <laughs> it. I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. I just figured out how to write, I'm not going to, you know, throw myself into a book. Um, so, you know, back, you know, so I, I, I left school, you know, great, thank you, you know, I, I appreciate mm -hmm. <laughs> the compliment, but, um, but then, um, you know, when my kids, um, were a little old, they were so young, and, you know, we would be with my parents, and mm -hmm. they would hear our conversations about my dad and his struggles and what happened to him, and they had so many questions, so many questions. You know what happened to Grandpa? Why Abuelo? What happened to Abuelo? Why did he, Why did they do that to him? You know. Yes. Abuelo's Grandpa. Spanish, yes. Right. Yes. Um, and uh, I would, you know, so many questions, and I would answer them, but then I realized, you know, I I, I should write this down. Right. This is a story that my my children should know. Um, 
and they should have something that they can, you know, read as they get older and understand and appreciate, you know, everything their father or grandfather did. Right. So um, that's when I started writing. <laughs> and when you started, mm -hmm. how did that feel? Um, it felt weird because I, you know, um, I don't, I had just started teaching, so, um, you know, I, I was teaching my students, you know, I'm, I teach them about reading, you know, how to improve their reading and writing skills, right, right? so, um, it was weird to actually start doing it, but, um, I, I started just interviewing my dad, okay. just taking notes, just writing notes, and then eventually I turned it into an outline, and then I, you know, made it into the, like a memoir format, mm -hmm. And then it just uh, morphed into something else from there on. Uh, and that is the book that we have in front of us here. And it's called? To the Pastures. To the Pastures. Interesting. Zoom in on that. How did you come up with the name To the Pastures? To the Pastures. Um, my dad always talked about when he was younger in Cuba. My grandfather owned um, lots of property. Mm-hmm. Um, he owned uh, fincas, farms, plantations, and uh, my dad and my uncle would always go to these plantations to walk the mules, and, um, and on the way, or, or they would use the mules to carry their crops and so forth. And on their, at the end of the day, they would walk to the past, they would walk the mules to the pastures, and that was my dad. You know, he would tell me how that was his favorite time of the day when he would just. Him and, and my uncle would walk the mules, and they would just talk and, you know, plan their future, and so that's why. Interesting. And how long did it take you to write that book? <laughs> it took me 10 years. It really? <laughs> my students always, you know, their mouths drop when I tell them that. They're like, what? Why did you do it for 10 years? You know, but, um, yeah, it was, um, it was a long process. Um, I, like I said, I started it, started interviewing my dad. Lots of notes, lots of notes, lots of writing, lots of additions, revisions, so many different copies. Um, <clears throat> and then my dad passed away, and I had to put it down. I, I couldn't get back to it. Um, it was uh, too painful. But um, but then um, years passed, and um, all this uh, uh, Obama opened. Um, uh, lifted the ban on travel to uh, Cuba. Right. So, 2010? Uh, uh, 9, 11, Something between that. 9 and 11, yeah, it was, it was like slowly, yeah. Um, and um, people started flocking, right? To the, yeah. you know, tourism just, you know, it boomed to uh, Cuba. And um, you see, art, I read articles, oh, we have to go there, it's beautiful, blah, blah, blah. On social media, people would post, we have to go, you have, you, people have to go. You, you, the Cubans need their money so they can improve their country and get better and things will get better. And I would get so upset when I would read those because uh, people just didn't realize that, that, that that's not happening. You know, the, the money that the tourism brought into Cuba, my people don't see it. Mm -hmm. they, they never did, they still haven't. Um, none of it. Um, and, um, actually, things things got worse. The repression got worse. Things just got worse for the human people. And, and and at that point, I realized I'm like, I, I I need to finish it. I need to finish it to educate everybody of what happened and continues to happen there. So that's when I I uh, opened it up, started again, and it was um, at that point it was kind of a, a cathartic um, process. So it was um, it was good and. Um, you know, it was probably my dad saying, hey, let's go. <laughs> yeah, get it done kind yeah. of thing, right? Yeah, um, could, yeah. Now, had you gone back to Cuba at any given time since leaving? No, um, I can't. I will not. Do you have family there? I do have family there. Okay. And I have gotten, I have, it's so sad. I, I, I really fear for them because I, I have gotten pleads, desperate pleads for help. Um, it's just, you know, it's just really bad there. Um, but we, you know, because of what happened, um, it's it's dangerous for my family and I to go back. Okay. So, um, and, and not to mention that until it's a free country, you know, just I, I can't I can't do that to my parents, and I I will not. So, if I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. to the pastures is a memoir 
of your father, but also a Cuban or the Cuban story told through his eyes. Is that a fair assessment? It's, um, it is a, every event in the book is true. Yeah. Everything um, happened to him and all the events in the story are, um, I wrote it as a third person so I could um, capture the feelings, you know, and the thoughts of other characters, not just my dad. So it's um, it's kind of a novel novel format, but it is all the events are true. It's all right, yeah. It, it, it's it's what happened to my dad and other Cubans that you know are discussed in the in the book. So when you finished the book, how'd you feel? Oh my gosh, um, it was great. Um, it's very rewarding. Um, I, I'm, I, I know I cried. <laughs> um, I remember there was one, one day when my, my husband and children were out and they came home and I was just wrapping it up and um, uh, my daughter saw me, I think it was my daughter, she saw me crying and she's like, what's wrong? And, and you know, I just said, it's, it's Abuelo's book. And uh, yeah, so it was, it was very rewarding. Um, before I get to my next question, I do want to ask, what is it, um, in your personal opinion, what is it that the average American does not understand about Cuba? Um, they don't understand what, um, you know, socialism is the doorway to communism. Um, and they're actually the same. Um, there's all this talk nowadays about socialism in America. You know, we're, you know, we gotta become a socialist country, right? Um, I hear socialism thrown all over the place, and um, Americans need to realize that that, you know, if, if we let socialism socialism take over, it's what you know what happened in Cuba. That, that's how it started. You know, this um, e equality. You know. Um, you know, with, with um, wealth and, you know, businesses and work, um, that's how it started. That's what Castro did, you know, he, he, he made everything equal. And, um, you know, that's where problem, you know, where it all began, you know, then, you know, problems with ration, you know, everything's rationed out because there's not enough of everything, you know. Right. Um, nothing belongs to the people, nothing. Absolutely nothing belongs, to, it's all the government. Every, People that have their own private businesses, private properties, it's gone. Nothing belongs to you. And when nothing belongs to you, there's no incentive to improve, to grow professionally. Or any, you know, you don't want to put that extra effort into the business because it's not yours, sure. right? Um, I mean, it's hardworking people will, but it's just not the same. You know, when you own your own business, when you have your own home, you, you take a little bit more care and, and you put more effort into it. Sure. And, um, it's not like that in Cuba, you know. Um, nothing belongs to the people, and it's a struggle. I mean, they buildings are crumbling. There's some places don't have running water. It's 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 very sad what's going on over there, and it has been. Um, I spent time in the Navy, okay. and I was fortunate enough to go to Guantanamo. Okay. I have to say, I haven't been to Guantanamo. Visually, I wasn't there. Yeah. <laughs> Visually, yes. it was very pretty. It's a beautiful. I mean, it was. It was. I, the, I don't know when you were there, but um, it was the. Oh, this was two thousand. Oh, good lord! This was two thousand and five or six, something like that. But boy, visually, it was the most lush. It was like Jurassic Park. <laughs> you know, yeah. without the dinosaurs. It, 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 it is a tropical. Yeah. It's a tropical island. It's it truly a tropical, is a tropical island. island. I love. I love the tropical climate. Yeah. Um, what I found distressing, though, was the fact that as a sailor, you know, we couldn't go anywhere. You, you cannot, we, you know, because they don't want you. They don't want you to come across the Cuban citizens, so you can right. see what it truly is like. And they don't want people talking to, you know. Yeah. Other and, and and which is why I asked that question specifically about Cuba because it did seem, what's the word, paradoxical. That we could be so limited, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you get a screed when you get off the boat. You're so limited, mm -hmm. but yet 
your senses are overwhelmed. There was iguanas the size of Rottweilers. <laughs> it was incredible. It's a pretty island. Yeah, it and is. I always thought it was very, it was very sad to me, you know. And th and that's how the tourist part of Cuba is. It is, it's beautiful. It's beautiful, and it's maintained that way for a reason. Right. But if you venture outside of that, then you would see what the true Cuba is right, right now, and it's not what I remember. What I remember, you know, the house that I spent eight years in it was um it was, it was beautiful you know the 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 caribbean style homes you know the colors all mm -hmm. of that it's it's it, it was beautiful um yeah it looks pretty in pictures it does yes yeah. it does but um yeah all that is um you know hurricanes and just just wear and tear and not taking care of it you know right. there's you know like i said buildings are crumbling and it's not what it used to be, but it, it is. It's beautiful. It's lush. It is green. I love green. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, is that your favorite color? Actually, blue is. Ah. The, the ocean. Interesting. Yeah. I was gonna guess red. I was gonna guess red. <laughs> blue is my favorite color. Yeah. I am a yeah. blue. The guy. ocean. I grew. Yeah. I grew up. Oh, well, I was born around the, the ocean. But yeah, blue is. So, um, I understand the uh, the uh, what you mentioned. And what you speak of about the issues with your family mm -hmm. and your reluctance not to go back mm -hmm. you do seem on the outside looking in however as a person who uh, does care about and does love Cuba I do I do I would love I, I, I would I, I would love to go back okay. I would love to go back I would love to take my children to see their roots you know mm -hmm. I I would love that, but which I, is what I was getting Cuba, at. Certainly, Cuba sure. has to be a free country before I can go. Of but course. oh my gosh, I would love. I would love. Which is what I was getting at because you do seem yes. like a uh, patriotic yes. person. Yeah, I would someday. I'm, I'm hoping and praying that it will be a, a free country soon. Right. Um, what was Cuba like? Be uh, what was Cuba like before? the uh, current government, if, you, if, if you're able to recall or in, in conversations with your father? Um, well, before Castro um, was Batista, which I briefly cover in the book, and um, it, there was corruption, you know, um, he was, you know, um, he was also a pretty bad dictator, he you know, also incarcerated people and assassinated people, but, um, you know, things were, um, you know, a, a little better. Um, you know, people had their own businesses, their own properties. Um, but um, at that time, you know, the, the corruption, um, I, I believe there was um, also starting to be a struggle with, um, you know, um, job loss, uh, unemployment, and things of that sort. This is the 40s? Uh, so that was Batista, Fidel took over in 59. So Batista was in the 50s. Okay. Ish, late, mid to late 50s. Okay. Um, I don't remember how long he was in power, um, and then prior to him, I, you know, it was, um, I believe, much better. I mean, Cuba used to be the the Vegas, Las Vegas of the Caribbean. Right. You know, it was a beautiful country. I mean, right. celebrities would, you know, just hop on a plane and fly over there and for the weekend. You know, it, it was a gorgeous. Let me try my history. Yeah. Before Batista was Jose Martin. No, um, Jose Martin was um, way, way, way. Um, I don't remember when, um, like what year he was. Founding of Cuba, probably, yeah, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But he, I failed that one. Thanks, no, teacher. No, it's fine. Well, I, sh I should know the year, and I don't, so that's fine. <laughs> we both failed. <laughs> oh, <Okay>. man. Um, <laughs> so, what is, specific, what is your father's story? So, um, without giving too much away, so, um, certainly, and if yes. we don't want it, we want people to read the book, so, yes, 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 so, um, you know, it, it, it covers, it starts in the beginning where, um, it, it shows us how Fidel took over, okay. right, and then, um, once he had control, he took away all the rights and liberties of the Cuban citizens, and, um, my father, along with many, many other Cubans, you know, you know, stood up. They spoke up and they tried to get their freedom back, their liberties back, their properties back. And um, the communist government would have none of it. So um, that's when the consequence the consequences were severe. Um, 
um, people were incarcerated, tortured, many were assassinated, and um, uh, and that's what the book covers. It's uh, 57 to 69 um, when my dad and many others were fighting um, to get their country back and um, all the struggles and the suffering that went on during that time. If, um, if there were a, um, if there were a, a word okay. to describe Cuba, what would it be? Uh, now, then, or, <laughs> um, uh, oh, that is a good question, um, to describe Cuba. Stop me with that one. Um, hopeful. Okay. Um, <clears throat> these Cubans fought so hard, and they were so hopeful hmm? that their country would be free someday. And um, the Cubans there, you know, many have left. Many, like I said, I, I get plea, you know, desperate pleas that they want to leave, but so many are still there and are, are trying. They're they're trying to, you know, get their country back. Right. Um. And and, and you know, the Cubans here are are hopeful mm -hmm. that um that we will we will see a free Cuban that we can return, you know, right. to see our families and to see our land. Um. When it comes to also, which I, 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 I like to read, I love to read myself, what are some books that you have read? Any favorite books? Like what has, what has inspired you in a literary sense? Um, historical fictions. Um, I read, you know, as a teacher mm -hmm. for the middle, middle grade, um, we do a lot of historical fiction, right. uh, especially the Holocaust. Um, I love um, I love reading those that type of genre, um, and you know <laughs> I've seen my dad's book. Yeah. Um, I um, I love um, I don't know if you would know uh, Patricia Polacco. Um, she writes a lot of children's books, okay. and she has such wonderful lessons and messages in those books. What um, my favorite, which I actually start every well, no, I didn't start this year. This school year with it, but every school year I start by reading um, her book. Um, Thank you, Mr. Faulkner. Thank you, Mr. Faulkner. Mm -hmm. Patricia Polacco. Uh, yeah, um, and it's a book about a young girl who struggled with um, a reading disability, and her teachers helped her overcome it, and she grew up to be very successful. So it's it's I you know I think it's it, the lesson is just wonderful. So I read that to my students every every school year in the beginning so they can see listen look at look at what, yeah. <laughs> what she went through and you know you guys can too you guys can overcome and persevere um one of my favorites is um the last man on the moon by gene cernan gene cernan it was one of the i think there was three of them one of the last astronauts to have to place his foot on the moon okay to step to step on the moon to step on the moon and Gene Cernan is actually, I believe he grew up in like Maywood um, and Triton College. I don't know if you're familiar with Triton College, oh, yeah. but they have the Gene Cernan um, Astro uh, um, Astrology Center or Astronomy Center, I forget what it's called. But it's um, uh, where they, you know, I, I think there's a big telescope there where you can go and, and learn about astronomy and stuff. So, Very cool. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, you know, that's a nonfiction book. but. Um, I love astronomy and I just, I love reading his book and learning about, he, it's kind of a memoir. Yeah, The Last Man on the Moon. Yes, yeah, I, I enjoyed that book. <laughs> um, so, what's next? Oh, what's next? So. What's the next? Um, I am try <laughs> I'm trying to convince my mother to let me write a sequel with um, her side of the story or her experience. Um, you know, especially in this day and age, I just, I just think it would be good to have 
a book about a woman who is also fighting, you know, for freedom and civil rights. And um, I'm, I'm trying. Maybe maybe this will convince her to let me. <laughs> is she reluctant? Yes. What? Yes. Um, she's humble. Uh, first of all, um, she you know she's like I don't I don't want to be made a big deal out of. Um, but it, it's not that I. I I want, you know, I want to educate people. I want the message, and I, I want the lesson, and I want people to see that, you know, it's not just men, you know, women, mm -hmm. you know, from every walk of life um, can stand up and fight for right. freedom and rights. Um, and, uh, you know, she's also, you know, uh, my dad, um, the only thing, he, he was not reluctant at all, but the only thing he promised me um, is that I change the names of the characters. People sure. are still afraid. Sure. You know, they're in fear for their lives and for their families, and I think that's that might be part of my mom's, um, you know, concern. So, um, but I did. I changed all the names at his request. So Make Dad happy. I did. And be safe, right? Yes. Yes. Um. So, when's the last day of school? Uh, students, the twenty seventh. My last day is the twenty eighth. <laughs> Next week. <laughs> Are you ready? Summer school, I am ready. It's been it's been a tough year. This remote, um, I am a remote teacher. Our school district offers face-to-face um, -face hybrid, which is mornings at school and afternoons at home, um, and, and remote. And okay. I, I I was um, placed as one of the remote teachers for the dual language program. Actually, I'm teaching the dual language program, so it's it's been hard, you know. Just seeing their faces over the camera, not not in person, you know. Nowhere near the same, right? Oh my right? gosh, no! It's a, it's a struggle. They, you know, it's a struggle. They they're struggling. Um, some are doing okay, but you know, it's just not the same when you're in person and you can give them that you know one-to-one -one attention and that special you know extra help that they some of them need. Right. So yes, I'm ready for <laughs> for that to be over and hopefully for you know this following school year to be back to normal for someone. How do you know J.L. Callison? Ah, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you know, I, I just recently met him. That's and, the question um, that I yeah, snuck in there. <laughs> yeah, no, no, he's, I, I, I'm so glad I met him. I'm so glad I met him. He's a good guy. Um, he is a great guy. He's, good man. Yeah, so supportive. And um, so, I, I teach in Yorkville, and um, I um, went to um, uh, Miss uh, T. Garcia is um, affiliated with the pub the Yorkville Public um, Library. And um, so she put me in contact with them and I went to go speak to the writers group. Okay. And um, I am part of a writers group, the uh, Geneva Knight Writers Workshop. And Geneva Knight Writers Workshop. Geneva Knight Writers Workshop, yes. They are a main reason why I was able to finish this. They, they were so supportive, insightful, helpful, um, yeah, I have a, I, I thank them a great deal for my book. Um, so I, I went to the Yorkville Public Library's Writers Work, work Group or Workshop, um, just you know, to present my book and to share my story of you know the whole pop publishing process and everything. And um, J.L. Callison is um, from that group, so huh. so he heard my presentation and he said he enjoyed it, and uh, you know we've been chatting back and forth ever since. And yeah, he's been very supportive. Very, glad, good very glad I met him. Yes, I'm glad. I'm glad I went, and I'm glad I met him. Yes. Yeah, me too. <laughs> He's a cool guy. I think. Um, I think. See, he gets it, right? You're supposed to um, craziness, right in the heart of downtown. It, it gets. Yeah. It gets loud. It gets it's, crazy. It's okay. It's life. Um, he. He gets it. I. I do believe. He. Um, he understands that everybody has a. A story to tell. Yes. Yes, and he likes to facilitate do. and get that out there. I, and I do appreciate him for that. When I interviewed him, he said that, if I'm not mistaken, he said, you know, all of us have a story to tell us, something like that. I agree. Yeah. I, com I concur. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Completely, yes. Um, so, school is about to end. It's going to be summertime. Yes. Life is opening up with people going places, vaccines and all that other good yeah. stuff. You have any summer plans? Um, well, I have uh, my first uh, virtual book event coming oh, up uh -oh, okay. June 3rd 
Um, and it's actually with the Yorkville Public Library. If you go to their website, you can register there. Okay. Um, so I'll be, you know, talking a little, a little bit more about my experience in Cuba and um, the writing process and all that fun jazz and the publishing process. So I'll be getting into the, and showing some pictures, you know. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, and um, I, I, I do. I, I want to start getting out there and you know promoting it more you know because I it was published March 3rd of 2020 right before the pandemic hit and I had all Holy cow. Well, it yes. was like, you only had it for like what, I, eight days exactly. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. And, and, and I had right you know <clears throat> right before that I had already made plans to go to Florida to visit my family and, and start doing some sort of promotional things and and we were you know um, my mom is part of a uh, the um, the Cuban uh, committee of Chicago. Oh my gosh, she's gonna kill me because I probably butchered it. Um, and um, they have a uh, summer festival every year. Okay. So I was gonna, you know, participate in that too and have my book there. And oh, oh <laughs> Lord, all that went away. So. I'm hoping that this year, you know, I'm hoping that I can do that at the festival. If, if we have it, I don't even know if we're going to have it yet. Um, and, um, I, you know, I, I want to start, you know, I, I want to go to Florida because in Florida there's a lot of Cubans and they want to see the story and hear the story. But I really need to get this out to the American public and, and the world. I, I need the world to know what happens when a socialist government takes over slash communist so that you know history does not repeat itself so i i i need to make sure that i, I want people to read it to you know to educate them to enlighten them on, sure. on what could happen if we let that happen anywhere else you know right. and so that hopefully you know we can liberate the people in cuba and in other countries that are struggling with socialism or communism you know right. but um, yes i'm hoping i'm hoping i haven't made any plans yet <laughs> Um, is there any already? Is there any social media or you said there's a registration link for the June 30 event? Yes. It's, okay. So that that so I have a I have a website LucyGeralamo.com. Okay. And in there there is a link for um, the Yorkville Public Library to register for the event June 3rd. Um, there is also links to my social media platforms, which is um, Facebook, Instagram. I also have Twitter, but I'm not on it very much. <laughs> Twitter's difficult. It, it, it is. You only get so much space to write in. Yeah. You know, I, 100 characters, like it, nah, yeah. right? It's tough. And, you know, Instagram, you can set it up so that, you could probably do it for Twitter too, I'm not sure, but you can click on, so it'll, whatever you post on Instagram goes onto Facebook, so it kind of saves me some time. Yeah. I don't know if you can do that with Twitter, but yes, Twitter's a little difficult, and, yeah. um, you know, as a teacher this year especially, I've I don't have a lot of time, so right. it's, you know, posting things on social media has been a challenge. I, I try to keep up with it, but um, but I'm on there. I'm on there. You can see <laughs> some of my pictures. It's all about, it's all about being there, right? <laughs> yes. Um, well, if you, uh, you have our email address, so if we can yes. help you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. There, Absolutely. Yeah, yes, I will, share, I will share that with you. Yes, thank you. I appreciate it. So the show ends on a positive note. What is your message today for the uh, people of Aurora? You're not an Aurora resident, but will people sure. of Illinois? Uh, you know what? Aurora, actually, um, driving down here is so cute. The little planters, the little hanging baskets. Oh my gosh, I was. I was <laughs> Thank you, I did it all I myself. Was, yes, <laughs> it's adorable. I love, yeah. I, I, I love vegetation. So, um, yeah, I'm it was, a flower it was guy. Very cute. Yeah. It was, oh, it was beautiful. They got the hanging ones yes. on the lights. Yes. Yeah, it's a really it's good. So that was a cute. good touch. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so, so for the people of Aurora, yes, um, and it, it, anybody, everybody, um, you know, I, I want people to, um, to appreciate and understand how blessed we are to be here in America, um, and, um, I, I want them to, oh my gosh, especially nowadays, I, I, I want people to embrace our diversity, you know, I, we have so many beautiful cultures and customs and foods and books and art. We need to just embrace that and, and help each other out and learn from each other. And, um, you know, hopefully by doing this, we can help the world so that others can see that, you know, we need to 
be free. We need to have civil rights. We can all live in harmony and have a beautiful life if we can just I, uh, embrace everything and everybody. Yeah, I agree. You know, that's one of the reasons why, like, I started doing this show. There's a few reasons, but, like, one of them was because, like, I... So many people have a voice. Yes. But there's a lot of people who are doing incredible... I mean, they're writing books. They're... <laughs> they're... You know, they're teachers. They got a restaurant that their grandma started 40 years ago in her bathroom and now they oh was had you know so like That's people awesome. have interesting yes. stories so they're all the american dream yeah they're all highlights of uh diversity yeah. but i was upset because some of the most poignant stories were not getting told and i tried to we, we need that more of that yeah. um and, and i know i know people need to be um you know aware of what's going on in the world right we, we need to be aware but I think we need we need more good stories because mm -hmm. there is a lot of good in the world there really is there's a lot of good people there's a lot of good stories there's a lot of wonderful things happening and we need to share more of that so that people can see it right and replicate it right so yeah I, I agree I think we, we need more of those wonderful stories which are everywhere but we just don't see enough of it because you know unfortunately the media has to cover all these other things so that people are you know aware but sure but yeah, we need more good stories. We do. Yes. We do. So thank you for doing that. No problem. <laughs> yeah, thanks for coming. Because I, um, after just, after JL sent me an introduction about yourself, after doing even just a small little bit of uh, research and stuff on your website, oh. I was quite happy and honored to have your story. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, no thank problem. You. So thank you very much for sharing with us. Thank you for having me. So for all of you fellow readers out there, yes. we encourage you, you must... Um, pick up to the pastures. Yes, and it's also in Spanish. I have it in and Spanish. Spanish. A awesome. A los pastos. Yeah. A los pastos. Yeah. Please check out the book by wonderful author Lucy Geralamo. I got Thank it right. You. Yes, you did. Yeah. Thank you. Messed up yeah. the first time, but got it right at the end. Um, Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate having you. You guys be blessed, be safe, and we'll see you back for another great episode. Peace out. Thank you.